feel quite relaxed about it and I'm confused about it is because I'm bilingual. Yeah. And my mum right. is French. So in French, it's Anushka. So obviously it's ooh. Yeah. But then English, if it's Anushka or Anushka, if someone says Anushka, it just sounds like the French. I don't. So I, and I've been kind of used to people pronouncing it differently my whole life. As long as it's a rough approximation of Anushka or Anushka or Anushka, I feel fine. Yeah. If you call me Perry, I'll have a break. <laughs> You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel, what to see? What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Ah, coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. Hello and welcome to Big Diva Energy, the podcast for and about fabulous people being fucking excellent. I'm Holly Morgan and my husband Tom is also here. Ladies, I am boiling. And we are buzzing to bring you today's diva, an icon of queer black empowerment, a singer, songwriter, producer, actress, label boss, cover girl. <gasps> Our subject, <laughs> I just got an email. <laughs> Our subject is none other than the phenomenal Janelle Monet. And with us to discuss Janelle is an actual real-life diva, a singer-songwriter and composer whose music ensnares you with its frank yet warm unfolding of the loves and losses of its creator. She has won plaudits and rabid endorsement from many of the great tastemakers in British soul and jazz. She's released her gorgeous album Dark Soul last year and it has been the soundtrack to our lockdown. She's also a composer for the theatre. Collaborating with Omar Lafouk, she produced a school for the Ballad of Kluke and Vinette, a play with songs by Che Walker, which was picked as a finalist at the NAMT Festival and subsequently performed extensively in the US. She created another score for Che Walker, the Etienne Sisters, alongside Sheila Atim and Nikki Yeo. In 2018, her collaboration with Jessica Bircher, the stunning, heartbreaking Sparks, won Best Musical of the Edinburgh Fringe. As an actor, she played Mary Magdalene in the 2016 Olivier Award-winning Jesus Christ Superstar at the Open Air Theatre Opal in the Bush's Gig Theatre revival of Jackie Kay's Chiaroscuro, <laughs> alongside a notable cameo in Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express. So, yes, as we said, Dark Soul has literally been soundtracking our lockdown and you've got to go, you got to get on there, you got to get it, you got to get that, that, I, I mean... What's happened? I've just had an absolute <laughs> breakdown at how excited I am that she's here. you got to get on, got to get his bit. <laughs> just say what you've written down. I'm just realising you could, I've said to stream it. Go and stream go to, it. But they can go to your website and buy it. They, they can buy it. They so can stream it or buy it, whatever is more in keeping with their stream it buy it just make sure you get it in your bloody ears because it's our intense pleasure to welcome the astonishingly wonderful Anushka Luka hi babe (laughs) hi that was that was um a lot that was a lot it was good but it was like listening to my CV thanks I hope you didn't feel like you were a bitchery (laughs) it's a a fine line it is a fine line. Uh, if it were my obituary, I was listening to it being like, that's, that's all right, actually. I've done okay, so, haven't I? <laughs> maybe that's okay. Um, thanks very much for putting all my accomplishments together. The only other person who does that is my mum. <laughs> well, actually, we, we have been in collaboration. She sent me through some family photos that I'll be... Uh, we'll be publishing on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lovely to see you looking so well and vibrant thanks well i'm mostly looking very sweaty i she's think not. she's not looking immaculate lockdown uh, mm. lockdown heat wave every word in my head is lockdown so i know that might make <laughs> isn't it funny how our like 
our corona vocabulary is is words that we've never used before like quarantine lockdown I got very I basically had a tantrum in public which happens every now and again a few weeks ago about how normalized the term social distancing is yeah and I maybe had had a gin in a tin (laughs) I was just sitting there with a friend being like but what even what is social distancing (laughs) it's oxymoron social distancing make any sense but it is real it's a real thing it is a real thing I love the idea of you hopped up on a gin in a tin (laughs) ranting about the lexical implications kind of worrying feature of my lockdown has been the slow increase in gins in the tins yeah which I didn't even know were a thing everything I'm saying rhymes and I didn't mean for that (laughs) you've become Dr Zeus I've become Dr Zeus in lockdown Surprise, I will be publishing some children's books soon. <laughs> I'll have to add that to the CV. Yeah, we go. Excellent. Slot land to the second paragraph. I do apologise, by the way, listeners, if you can constantly hear a sort of vague beating. That is the fans that Ollie and I have in our room. Because it is powerful. so hot. Thank you very much. Sat here. I feel like I'm being interviewed by two flamenco dancers. <laughs> or one flamenco dancer and the Tennessee Williams of Tottenham. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, I am boiling. Uh, it's just fucking hot, isn't it? As well, it's yeah. it's it too hot. warm. It's too warm. It's hot. It's too darn hot. That's a good song. There you it's go. Amazing. Hang on. Just got to pop away. Grab the old keyboards. Knock out a tune. Oh, lovely. Yeah, let's do a, little, let's do a song number. No, yeah. let's not. It's too early. Oh, the it's musical episode. Hot. Yeah. Like the Buffy. Have you been writing a lot in, in, in lockdown? Uh, yeah, I have, actually. I found what's... I, I totally froze at the top because I think everything was so weird. So for like two or three weeks, nothing was coming out, which yeah. felt odd. Yeah. And then one day, actually, I told a friend of mine and he set me a songwriting task and he was like, oh, I want you cool. to write a song about this by Friday, which oh, cool. kind of kick-started me. Yeah, it was really nice. And then, I mean, I didn't follow his brief at all, but I wrote something that I liked. <laughs> something else. And then, yeah, I've been writing a lot. It's actually been... Probably the most time I've spent practicing the piano and learning other people's songs oh, wow. ever. That's I don't great. remember even practicing the piano this much when I was a child. I hated practicing the piano when I was a child. <laughs> and now I've got loads of time and I'm so pleased that my parents forced me to go to those lessons that I didn't want to go to. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been writing a lot. Have you guys Amazing. been writing a lot? We have actually, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, we've had a, a deadline to do, which has been very helpful actually to give a bit of structure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it, that's again, a, a kind of project we had on the, on the go. I don't know how I'd pull something out of thin air like, you, like you're able to do. That's amazing. Um, it's just an inability to sit still, really, <laughs> and constant running narrative in my head that I'm like, well, I might as well turn this into a song. Otherwise, my whole day is going to be lost in daydreaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's better than staring at your phone, basically. Yeah, it is. Yeah, margin. Sometimes you just want to stare at your phone. And sometimes you want to write down all your feelings on top of a D major chord. Yeah. So, exactly. so just decide. There you go. You've, you've seem like you've been really active and you've been doing this. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with Tanya on the Instagram? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, that ties in with... God, it's been a time. It's been a hasn't time. It? Hasn't it been it? a long time? <sighs> it's been a long. It feels like it's been a very long time. I I think that the two things I would say are the first one is when lockdown started, I started releasing these little videos on Instagram yeah. of me just doing little songs, and people responded nicely. And then it's funny because I've spent such a long time. I am going to get to an answer to the question. You no, just please. <laughs> 
these circuitous. I spent quite a long time trying to make music my career, and then even when I work in theatre, like there's always a gold brick that's larger than the song itself. Mm. And then we're suddenly all trapped in our houses, and I was like, well. I think really the only thing I want to use this skill for if I want to use it for something is to make people feel nice. Mm. And it feels like something that I can whack in the middle of all of the angry Instagram and Twitter and maybe someone will scroll through it and maybe one person will be like, that's calmed me down or cheered me up. And that's really what music, what I believe music is for. Yeah. One of the things it's for is like holding space for people to feel something so I was doing that anyway and then Black Lives Matter exploded about three four weeks ago mm. and along with every um speaking as a black person along with every black person's brain <laughs> everything just exploded yeah. in one go mm. and Tanya Loretta D who is a, a good well she's a good friend of mine but actually like you Holly mm. and Tom mm. she's actually really good friends with my really good friend Jessica Butcher yeah. and so kind of we've circled each other for years but we've never been that close and then she reached out to me and she started doing these Sunday morning Instagram live sessions that are like a collection of poetry and music and I sang a couple of them she's doing them with Jade Anuka and it's really that's been really fun yeah it's also quite shocking to wake up at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning (laughs) no my lockdown (laughs) no you said before we started but, recording that you've been sleeping for 12 hours a night, basically, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. the first half of lockdown was basically a coma. Um, <laughs> I think after years of being like, I can get by on six hours, I was like, I am really fucking tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is, it's been waiting for it. Yeah. It is that pause, isn't it, that they talked about right at the beginning where they were like, you know, there's obviously some absolutely fucking horrible shit going on to do with this but there is that the one sort of silver lining is that there's that sense of a pause when especially for yeah. self-employed people who are now being royally fucked by the government but yeah. um yeah, but, unemployed people now. Oh, oh, yes, yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah i've got to re- reformat that yeah but yeah it's just that sort of sense of going like i am exhausted <laughs> yeah. i'm so tired yeah i think i've heard yeah i've heard that from every other freelancer and self-employed person that i know especially in the arts where yeah you're you know you're you're on your the only person who really gives a shit if you keep going is you and you're hustling you have to continually work and motivate yourself to work at the same time yeah and yeah. I think we are, I think everyone was quite tired yeah as yeah. you say so I hope everyone's had a lovely long sleep Back now everyone's <laughs> angry yes so exactly yes yeah, so I was in the coma at the beginning and then I became incandescent with rage <laughs> But it has been quite extraordinary. I've, I don't know, I've had a few conversations this week. I think a lot of people, without wanting to sound like a hippie, which mm. I often sound like, I think a lot of people have have got a lot of worth from a yeah. moment of pause. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And I think, cool. yeah, that narrative of like, oh, I must be creating stuff has slightly died off a bit as well, which is more like... Yeah. In fact, actually, probably to do with with Black Lives Matter, people have stopped beating themselves up about not writing a book and actually going, can I do something constructive that isn't... Yeah, there's so much bigger things yeah. going on, I think. Yeah. Though, this, is, this is all the reading I'm doing at the moment. The ego-driven, me, 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 I must do this thing is mm. just a bit madder now. I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah, exactly. Just for the listeners, where's the best place to get you in Tanya's uh, Sunday morning? It's on Tan's Instagram, isn't it? It's, Specifically, um, Tanya Loretta is 
Instagram. She does an IG yeah. live every Sunday. I think it's at 10.30. It definitely felt very early. Um, <laughs> Might have been like midday, but it just felt really, like 10. And it's also, it's, I think what's nice, you know, what's funny about, we've all been talking about this, I think. It, so we, I never went to church growing up, but it kind of feels like this odd kind of church communion thing on a Sunday mm. morning. together. And I think social media has been this weird I, I've got quite a funny relationship with social media where yeah. I either really love it or I hate it, but it definitely feels like a lovely space for people to come together in. So yeah, definitely. It's a nice way to start your Sunday if you guys are free. Yeah, yeah. I, I was watching the other day. It's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely wonderful. And I would, we'll put all the links into the Show notes. notes. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. So, Nush, we're going to ask you the questions. The iconic questions. The homework questions. I can't wait to hear what you say. So, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm mostly ready. Go on, hit me. I will always love you. Who is your ride or die diva? Okay, this was so easy. It's Dolly Parton. Oh, of course it is. Obviously. And you fed me the answer in the question, which I know wasn't necessarily (laughs) your but I suddenly was like, I would always love you. Oh my God, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is. And as soon as I wrote Dolly Parton, I was like, I regret not making the entire episode about Dolly Parton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but let's just talk about how glorious she is. Have you done Dolly's America? I will always love you and Jolene on the same day. Insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane. She's unbelievable. I saw her at Glastonbury. Oh, uh, oh you were there. Six years ago. Were you guys there? No, no. We, we watched it on the boob again the other day. It was so it good. They put it out. It again. was really good. I think it was Sunday. Um, so I like grew up, I didn't grow up listening to Dolly Parton, but how can you grow up not aware of Dolly Parton? Yeah, and right. my dad yeah. has a, my dad, he's like an old rocker. Yeah. And he's into like Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles and Cream has a real soft spot for country music and loves Dolly Parton. Amazing. Um, she is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Of all time. And I, think I could literally talk about her for an hour, which I will try not to do. <laughs> I think she's such an incredible artist and incredible lyricist and yeah. understands her form probably better than anyone else, which is why she wrote, I will love you. I will always love you and Jolene on the same day. Yeah. But anyway, I saw her on at Glastonbury. It was Fuck, am I allowed to swear? I've yeah, yeah, yeah. Swear away. Okay, it was fucking hilarious because I think it was Sunday early afternoon, or maybe it was, yeah, so it's the last day of Glastonbury. And uh, Glastonbury is fairly hedonistic, shall we say? <laughs> to say the least, yes. <laughs> People, they have a lot of fun. And then they have a lot of fun. And then when you have a lot of fun, after having a lot of fun, the people are having less fun. <laughs> and it felt like the first time that almost everyone who was at Glastonbury descended into the same space outside yeah. the pyramid stage. And everyone was in like a slightly fragile state um, emotionally. And there's 10,000 people there. And she came out and she sang to us. And I just burst into tears. And I was like, I just feel like she's singing directly to me, which I think she was. She just cycled through hit after hit after hit after hit. And you were like, I know all of these songs. Yeah. Because they've stood the test of time. Yeah. And 10,000 people here with you know all of these songs. And we listen to you and it kind of supersedes genre as well. Like a lot of these people who are here to see... Kate Tempest or I can't remember who else was there like all like kind of trance music at four o'clock in the morning we all still want to see Dolly Parton yeah 
Absolutely. She's that good. She so is. I love Dolly Parton. She's my ride or die diva. That's such a good choice. Fantastic I, I completely choice. agree with you about how she transcends genre. I think it's because she's so plugged in already to the music of where she's from and yeah. that tradition that it kind of underpins all her songwriting. Have you, have you listened to Dolly Parton's America yet? No. Oh my God, babe. You'd love it. It's a, a six part uh, podcast about Dolly and there's an episode about how about her and murder ballads about how <gasps> it's so amazing and like how her early songs like that how she re um rejigs the, the the genders so it's it's about it's from the woman's perspective and how quietly yeah. revolutionary feminist she was and because people I say quiet she wasn't quiet at all people just didn't see beyond the aesthetic well she also refuses but to call herself a feminist that, yeah yeah but she sits in that enormous um enormous that's not what I meant she sits in that kind of I think of her as an enormous feminist icon yeah. even if she didn't yeah. want to self-identify that way which I really respect um and I think she challenges she's and weirdly like the way that she's behaved I've got an 18 year old sister and I am not 18 <laughs> and we had this funny thing a few years ago kind of talking about um body positive feminism and mm. sex positive feminism and and it felt to me like a lot of the conversations I was having with this very young 16 17 year old are kind of embodied by Dolly Parton where my sister was going like yeah, yeah but hang on I can be a feminist and I can wear what I want to wear and I can present myself as femininely as I want to and that's not uh me necessarily playing into the patriarchy or yeah. you need to at least question whether or not that's me playing into the patriarchy is the problem me and how I'm dressed or is the problem um how everyone's interpreting that and I'm like Dolly Parton's been doing that for 50 years yes she kind of comes out in her glitzy wigs and her and and she looks fucking incredible and then she sings these incredibly complex developed musical songs and she runs her own business and she's just she's Beyonce she's Beyonce but before and better and I just love her she's amazing I just love her yeah she's I totally agree she is the ride or die diva Thanks very much. I'm glad that I got your approval. First person to say it as well. Yeah. The closer we got was Ish, who said Whitney Houston off the back of, yeah, getting the prompt from the question as yeah. well. So, uh, but yeah, I think you're absolutely well, right. I can't believe yeah. no one has said it already, I yeah. think. It's... I'm delighted to be the first, and I hope I'm, I'm sure I won't be the last to bring Dolly. <laughs> you better not be, otherwise... It's a disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question two. Okay. Ooh. If I could turn back time... Which oh, yeah. diva would you send into which historical situation? Okay, this is a hilarious question. <laughs> um, uh, the one that I struggled with the most. <laughs> and what emerged from that was that I have retained almost nothing from my history classes at school. Because <laughs> I was like, what happened before 1914? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, it's good that you can go that far back. Some yeah. people younger than us can't. No. Yeah, that's all back. But so, um, so the, right, and I've landed on something that's basically completely arbitrary, and I'm sorry. Um, I just really amused myself by going further back, and there's something about sending Adele back to the French Revolution <laughs> that makes that's an idea. It's a she fit, it's the name. So, <laughs> I don't know what's funny about it. And so I went to a French school, which means that we studied the French Revolution roughly every two weeks for the entire time. <laughs> Did we mention that we basically invented republics? And you're like, no, I mean, 
like Greeks did a thing. And then they're like, we need to study the again. So it's the only period of history that I have any knowledge of is that and the Nazis, because obviously why would you mention anything else? <laughs> Um, oh, that's my glass. Anyway, yeah, but so there's, I think there's something about Adele. I love Adele. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves Adele. Yeah. I think she's a bit like Dolly, actually. Yeah. I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who aggressively hates Adele. Yeah. If they say that to me, I will be suspicious of them. Yeah. But she's so, um, I don't know, she just seems quite no nonsense. Yeah. But also, I feel like she just gets she'd get in with them and overthrow the aristocracy and then sing everyone a song. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I have really thought it through, <laughs> if I'm honest. It's really made me laugh. I'm just savouring the image. I love it. I'm absolutely thrilled her with slipping that. under the radar, being called a down as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. huh? She'd be like, she'd joke's on you, love. I'm from Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> with a fag bring it over here after we could have had a revolution here a lot earlier if Adele had been over there first. Anyway. There's a whole thing. Yeah, it's that. such a good shout. Yeah, I'll take that one. Uh, who run- <laughs> this is another one with a prompt in the title, but who runs yeah, the world? I'm- Who's going to get the nuclear codes? You know what I've done, Holly. Have you gone Have you gone for Bay? I've gone for Beyonce because I've taken the prompt in the title because <laughs> I'm a good, good academic student. <laughs> and I've been spending a lot of time recently helping children sit 11-year-old exams, and yeah. you've got to follow the prompts and questions. Read the question, <laughs> then read the question again. And then answer uh, the question. I tell a lot of children. So I read the question, I read the question again, and I was like, I think they want me to say Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, there are some reasons why Beyonce should have the nuclear codes. Yeah, let's hear it. And here are my reasons, okay? I think she is a strategic powerhouse. Yes. Oh. And I think that... She also is visibly very good at delegating. Yes. So I think she like builds really amazing teams and finds all the best people to do the jobs that she needs to be done. So so I think that she would work collaboratively in terms of like handling the nuclear codes. And then the only other thing I wanted to say was when she goes on holiday, she could just give them to Solange. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. I was really pleased about it. Maybe I've thought about it too much. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's absolutely perfect. It's a fully realised <laughs> six-part Netflix drama. Yeah. I, as I say, I've been spending a lot of time answering 11-year-old exam questions. So I Superb. I'm obsessed with that. That's brilliant. Yeah, because she has those like writers' retreats and stuff, doesn't yeah. she? When she writes the where she gets her, yeah, she, she gets a letter and they all right? sit in a big house and yeah. all that stuff yeah. yeah absolutely and she i think about 20 people write each of her songs so she yeah. knows how to get a team together exactly it's what we need teamwork yeah. making the dream work yeah. um <laughs> material girl what's on oh, your yeah. rider okay so i had a really fancy answer but then i have to say i have been gigging for 10 years yeah and uh i kind of moved into theater partly because being a gigging musician was like hard yeah and um so there are some basics that uh-huh. very rarely get covered so just some crisps some fruit <laughs> and some bottles of water would be amazing and people seem to find that very hard salt um, vitamin c agua yeah <laughs> so a little bit of, what's wrong with if you maybe maybe like a little gin and tonic in a can this oh. is really starting to be a theme but i don't um, want you going off about social distancing again no, exactly. <laughs> get in trouble but just a bit of food that's not yeah. I've eaten a lot of um 
in various locations across the UK, as I'm sure you have too on tour. I've eaten a lot of kind of Tesco ham and cheese sandwiches. Yeah, and that's fine. But yeah. you know, you could maybe you could maybe go to a meal deal sandwich. You know those posh ones. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Uh, with the cream cheese. So my my material <laughs> rider girl question is quite basic. Originally, I was like, I want a massive bed and a Steinway grand piano. But then yeah. I was like, I don't need that. What I just need is some crisps and some water. <laughs> Amazing. But Mariah doesn't need a basket of puppies. But she and Van Halen don't puppies. need all brown M and M's or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you do I need that. If understood the term need, they definitely need those things. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I love that. There's a practical level, and then there's the the bougie dream level, and I yeah. think you're allowed to have both. Thanks very much. You can lie on that bed eating crisps. I know it's not the sexiest answer, but it is the most honest answer that I can give you. <laughs> I'm into it. I love it. That's what and I'm looking for. for for bookers out there, a meal deal. <laughs> yeah, I would like a meal deal. <laughs> or anywhere else you could even pick up advantage points now (laughs) what does being a diva mean to you what does diva mean (sighs) it's a big question Mm -hmm. it's a big um being a diva i think of i kind of think of as an entirely positive thing yes me too it's been as I'm sure you are exploring across all of your episodes, it is such a sexist term yes. that has been used to devalue women asking for the things that they need in order to do their jobs. Now, yes. arguably, you don't need a basketball of puppies, but you know what? Maybe you do. But I think being a diva is like unapologetically taking up the entirety of the space that you can take up yeah. and doing what you want to do in that space. Yeah. That's what I think. I love it. That's a great answer. It's so true. It's exactly what it is. And that is what we shall all work towards in the new world. I think it's also embracing like silliness and not being afraid to look stupid or strange or bad and being like, fuck it, I'm here. This is this is what I'm gonna do. Exactly. Kate Bush. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, who I also should have chosen. But there we are. There's so many to choose from. I know, Absolutely. I know. I know. I think you were right with Dolly, but yeah, Kate Bush gets honourable mention. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, Kate Bush, we're going to have to, we'll definitely be covering her at some point because. I hope everything. so. I think that your podcast is going to be full of me whispering, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> You're not noticing while we're all talking. <laughs> Honestly, when sometimes when I'm writing these, I'm just like licking the screens. I love the research so much. It's like, yeah. that they did what? Oh my God, it's so great. I love them. Okay. So my final one of the questions uh, oh, yeah. is, well, I suppose, given off your answer, we, we all, we're all divas. We all, I think, around this table are people who are, artists who express our needs for and make space for what we want to do what we need to do but um yeah interpret it however you want but have you ever been a diva yes (laughs) (laughs) also so I gave my lovely wholehearted progressive feminist answers to the last question Mm -hmm. now if you were to interpret diva by normal standards sure yes I have (laughs) and I know that my sisters are going to listen to this and be like you're a nightmare (laughs) And then I think that I was kind of largely ego-driven. I've been largely ego-driven for most of my life. Um, But I would say my most diva-ish behavior, which uh, is contentious, is that I am constantly late to everything all of the time. And I expect people to just accept that rather than changing my own behavior. And then I went to see 
Grace Jones's. Did you see the Grace Jones biopic? No. Oh my god, it's so good. It? I went to see the Grace Jones. Um, there's a Grace Jones documentary that came out in 2019, and I went to see it last year with a friend. And there's this whole bit where they're filming Grace Jones's. There's a crowd. I think it's in Coco in Camden. And they're like chanting Grace, 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 and she's not coming out. And she's backstage and she's shown up late and she's got changed late. And then she said something to the camera along the lines of, well, you know, I'm just going to wait here for another 15, 20 minutes because <laughs> I think they like it when I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Only a late person like, would ever think that. Yes. I was like, this is my, this is my life motto <laughs> exemplified in or by grace jones they like it when i'm <laughs> I think they, I was like, like, they say they don't but i see that I, they do i think they do yeah it was really cocky and brilliant and i was like i fully i'm here for it and that's how i'm going to continue to leave my life i do often try to be more on time and then i like, keep it up for about two weeks and fail again so. <laughs> oh, i don't know it's myth building Maybe. isn't it it's myth building it's like people like that grace jones is late They'd be disappointed if they were like, oh. You can imagine everyone's like, fuck's sake, Grace, just get on stage. Yeah. This is costing us thousands of pounds. <laughs> we were watching She's Mrs. Maisel the other night and uh, there's a really good line from Lenny Bruce when he turns up on a set and he's like, you're late. And he goes, I'm here, that's early for me. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a great line. But I think the world is really split, though. I mean, this yeah. could be a whole other... The world is split down the line between people who were able to engage with linear time and people who were not. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I've, it's really funny. I've worked on shows. I have worked on two shows where everyone was constantly late and it felt like the company was like... Unfold. <laughs> what do we do? We were making each other later, but it was also this kind of weird permissive attitude. And then I went into a show that was like really rigorous and it was like, oh, okay. So I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. I feel that divide is right down the middle of this table. Yeah, that's true. I am very much a late person. Holly is very much not a late person. <laughs> that's the ideal. That's the ideal coupling, guys. I don't know. <laughs> is it? Our child is going to be very confused. <laughs> am I late? Am I not? I don't know. Maybe do Wednesday and then on time Thursday to Sunday. That would be there you go. <laughs> amazing. Just book certain yeah. gigs on different days. Yeah, exactly. Gigs. gigs. My child's going to be booking gigs, whatever it does. Well, Mum needs to eat, so. <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. Very child booking the gigs. Booking gigs, being a lawyer or a doctor. Yes, please. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to consider those questions. You're very welcome. They were, um, they were very fun. Oh, they good. Highly daunting. I was like, I must get these right. Um, <laughs> you very much did. You very much did. There is no right, but you did get them right. I just followed the prompts. <laughs> A star. You have passed your 11 plus, and now you, <laughs> <At> last. <laughs> you can go to secondary school. <laughs> Education can begin. Let's move on before <laughs> I get <laughs> Amazing. Well, we're going to have a little break, and then when we get back, we're going to get into Janelle Monet, and I can't fucking wait. we're back so let's get into it janelle monet robinson was born in greater kansas city kansas on december 1st 1985 her mum janet worked as a janitor and her father michael worked in waste management uh, now sober when janelle was born michael was in the middle of a 21 year addiction to crack uh, janelle's parents separated when she was less than a year old and then janet remarried the father of janelle's younger sister kimmy so her relationship with her father was very difficult until about 15 years ago when he got sober. 
which is really sad. But yeah. I do want to point out two things. One, her name is Janet, and she was a janitor. Yeah. And two, uh, waste management is what Tony Soprano does as the cover for being a mafia boss. Oh, really? <laughs> so, both of those things are entertaining to me, even though it's obviously very tragic. Yeah. Uh, she's from a massive family, in her own words. I've got like 50 first cousins, and they are generally devoutly Baptist. So Janelle felt very uncomfortable about this faith uh, pretty early doors, something which she would go on to explore brilliantly in her music but like tina turner and many other divas including madonna exploring her discomfort with religion whilst obviously the music of the church is to some extent very informative on the music it's an interesting creative conflict isn't it yeah uh, i mean do you have i don't know you just you were talking about church you, you've never actually gone to church yeah, no i never went to church but i actually i have it's interesting so i kind of came up through jazz and soul which mm. is where i sit yes and that found one of my bizarre theories so um this is interesting i think there's something really interesting my bass player grew up playing in a church band yeah. and um a, the keyboard player on my album i believe as well and there's something really interesting in the jazz and soul world mm. about the it's preponderance of world i think i made up a word no, the, right. uh, That's a word. Like yeah. okay the ubiquity of 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 um players who've come up through church and singers, Beyonce sang in church. And I think there's so much going on. It's like, firstly, it's one of the most, it's a place where singing and music are sanctioned. Yes. Um, and so it's a space where you can really develop your skill. But I also think there's something really fascinating about people who've grown up playing music in church because that music serves something higher than them. Wow. And yeah. so there is a, humility i think in the way that the music is approached so that there's a real understanding that like the music is for something else and for other people so you've got to make it the best that it can be it's really simplifying it obviously doesn't affect everyone who plays <laughs> in church um but i think when you see pop stars who've come out of that background or kind of top level instrumentalists often I'm generalizing often they're just fucking amazing yeah. and then yeah. you're like but you're amazing because your drive to or the drive of the people who were leading you in church or I had a show on in Atlanta a couple of years ago and I, the the guy the, there was a two-person band a MD playing the piano and then a double bass player and they both knew each other from church and every Sunday they were playing in different churches and they were hopping around various church bands in Atlanta and the quality of the musicianship in those spaces is extraordinary. And also they're just practicing every week and yeah. performing every week. There's, anyway, there's lots in it. I find it really beautiful yeah. and really fascinating. That's so amazing. Such an interesting perspective. I, I don't know. It's been funny because I, you often, and there's also something, I don't know. I don't know if this is contentious. My experience has been that you often, you can kind of spot who came up playing in church. Right. right? yeah and oh, really? they're like oh yeah you're like right that makes a lot of sense because i can hear that in the way that you play that's amazing it's very so interesting those are my thoughts and i think there is and now i'm going deep guys i think there is a big connection between like music and spirituality of course. And yeah yeah absolutely the thing so it makes a lot of sense that music is integral to most organized religion apart from the ones that the factions that ban it. Yes. But there we are, that's another. They really went in the other direction, didn't yeah. they, those ones? Yeah, there are two directions. <laughs> <laughs> just veering off on this path I think that's really interesting it's like um it's the idea that um so Janelle now says that she serves the god of love and that is yeah that's a, that's like Stevie Wonder puts that point of view across in most of his work doesn't he like particularly in 
talking book and Stevie when he um, features on Dirty Computer puts that point of view across doesn't he that like all all the major religions have in common love and I think the ones he mentions he mentions the sort of monotheistic ones and Buddhism I think but um yeah they are the same I was listening to um I think I can't remember if it's Dirty Computer I think it's Dirty Computer Mm. or it might be Electric Lady and there's a bit where it's like Allah is love God is love um, and it goes on through a list of the monotheistic religions and and I also I've so I've seen Janelle twice. I love her, <laughs> and I saw her last summer at uh, the O2. Was it? I don't know where it was. It's the big one in, in Wembley. Oh yeah, yeah, it, huge. It was amazing. I have lots of oh. things to say about it, but it was, yeah, it it was. I I hesitate to say the word religious, but there was sure. a lot of yeah. there was a lot, you know, and there was also I think a lot of African American musicians that come from a church background. Um, combine they combine a lot of the elements of those church performances. Yeah. So there's a lot of music, and then there's some really clear message delivering. Yes. And then there's music again. And actually, it's not just African American musicians because I see I saw Taylor Swift do that. Uh-huh. Um, and I th- I think that's really fascinating. And I'm like, you've learned that form from this space, and then you've brought it into this space, and it's kind of serving the same function, which is like, yes. let me hold the audience, let me bring us all to this kind of transcendent space where we all feel lifted. It's the same thing that Dolly did when I was at Glastonbury. Yeah, absolutely. yeah exactly. We're all together, we're communing, and I'm going to bring us through all these spaces, and if we stop at various points, I'll explain to you what this is or, you know, what I believe is going to happen next, and then we're going to do that together, and then I'll explain that to you, and it's really yeah. satisfying as an audience member. I'm moving my arms so much. <laughs> I wish you, yeah, but it, it's, yeah. It's the same when we went to see Bruce Springsteen. It's the yeah. same, isn't it? He, in fact, like on the Wrecking Ball tour that he was doing back in like 2012 or whatever, like he had a whole section that was designed as a sort of communion yeah. exercise where he sort of occupied this like preacher-esque yeah. character, like to lead the audience in what he called a rock and roll um, yeah. baptism. And I think it's fascinating in our culture that's kind of moved towards atheism in the last 100, 150 mm. years pop stars and rock stars are people that we're really happy um, giving ourselves over to in that way. And a lot of people, you know, I grew up in kind of like liberal left-wingy middle-class circles and everyone's kind of rejected going to church, but you're perfectly happy to go and watch Bruce Springsteen or Stevie Wonder for three hours and for them to be in charge, guide you through a transcendent experience. And I think that's, that's really interesting the because human I think need. yeah human yeah it's the human need isn't it yeah. people want to experience those things but they now don't want to be tied down to the the, the bad stuff that comes with religion and the stuff yeah, that we all exactly. perceive to be bad now. and there's nothing bad that comes with Springsteen or Dolly no exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so far <laughs> yeah so far yeah oh, <laughs> God, please uh, every time you see a person's name trending oh God don't <laughs> have they died or are they a paedophile <laughs> The other day, I can't remember who it was. They were trending on Twitter. I can't remember. Anyway, not Rod a good story. Stewart was t- trending the other day. It gave me the heebies. I mean, I, that could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, my granny was a fantastic lady, very unsure about my life choices. Oh. Uh, she, well, she was born in 1918. And so wow. she was very wow. like, you need to get married and have a baby. And I was like, look, granny, I've written a play. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> I'm going on tour with my band. And she'd be like, how much money are you going to earn? And I'd be like, zero pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she once sat me down. I love her so much. I really miss her. She once sat me down. I went round 
and she said i've got something to play you and i said okay and she was a she was different to me politically so sure. i think she read the daily express wow. or maybe the daily mail and she'd got this free cd and she had this little hi-fi system and she pressed she said sit down she said, put this on and press play and it was a five track special rod stewart oh. record that <laughs> with one of these right-wing tabloids um and she said let's listen to this so we listened to it from start to finish and she was like bobbing her head really happy really loved it and then at the end of it she turned to me and she was like i think you should make music like that <laughs> and that was <laughs> that was her musical instruction no what? she wasn't wrong he's great he i thought that great. was going in a different direction because prince released a an album that he only released via the daily mail yeah no he did the same yeah. thing so imagine if she'd listened to that and she'd been like make this a massive, oh, i wish she had um that's who knew the daily mail was such a massive uh prince fan. kind of siphon distributor Didn't yeah know. i know well they do weird things don't they like releasing the names of the people that murdered Stephen lawrence like occasionally they'll just do something good <laughs> and you're like oh that's interesting you've decided it's to do that everything else you've ever yeah, done yeah exactly except it doesn't it definitely doesn't <laughs> so yeah talking of terrible things <laughs> janelle's obviously moved towards a, a world of love and religion being the, the the kind of currency of love but um growing up she was surrounded with quite a bit of negativity to do with homosexuality and speaking mm -hmm. about uh, dirty computer she said a lot of this album is a reaction to the sting of what it means to hear people in my family say all gay people are going to hell and that was sort of where that was embedded in the background along with the church which yeah. is very difficult but despite the lack of tolerance that some of her family members actually exhibited towards her she was clearly surrounded by a lot of love growing up which is lovely and all her relatives are in agreement that her star power was obvious from almost the moment that she could toddle there's a great story about her being escorted out of church for singing beat it during the service which reminds me of the scene in what's love got to do with it one of the greatest films of all time where tina starts riffing in the uh, choir rehearsal and she gets pulled out on her ear <laughs> have you seen what's love got to do with it no, I have. I had never seen it. Holly showed it to me. We have a film night on Thursdays now, and Holly showed it to me about three weeks ago, it's and so good. my life has forever changed. It's so it's, good. It's Tina and Ike. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Angela Bassett okay. plays Tina. Okay, I've heard about this movie my entire life. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Wow, Tom, you're really doing movements to back up your enthusiasm. It is so good. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second of it. <laughs> I'm a big Tina fan. I mean, she should yeah. also be someone to do Tina. Oh, yes. God. Oh, God. Your podcast is never going to end. That's what we're hoping. That's the idea. <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. But church wasn't the only platform for Janelle's musicality. At the Juneteenth talent shows at her school, she covered the miseducation of Lauren Hill three years in a row and won the each best time. The album of all time. The greatest album of all I mean, I don't know. I couldn't work out from my research if she did it the whole way through three out of three I hope, so. I hope she also did the spoken parts in between <laughs> yes the, uh, I hope she did as well can you do it word I, for word I bet you I can a verbatim I would go and watch someone do a verbatim poem someone someone specific I want to think someone good <laughs> yeah do a verbatim performance of that album yeah it is that album was um I so I grew up in this very noisy in a really small flat um I grew up five people in a two-bedroom flat wow and because my parents were just, they're just wonderful. They were just very excited and they had children despite not having Aww. any space for them. Um, and it kind of worked out fine. But my dad dominates the household musically. Uh -huh. He listens to very loud music in the kitchen. And then when I was growing up, 
the area where my mum listened to music was the car. So we'd get into the car and then suddenly you kind of figure out, and that's where my dad's stuff is more, well, my dad's white and his musical tastes are more white and my mum's black and her musical tastes are more black to <laughs> yeah. make. Generalization. So we get into the car and one, I remember for like, so my mum was obsessed with Prince, obsessed with Cameo, obsessed oh. with Michael Jackson and obsessed with the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Amazing. So that entire album for me is like sitting in the back of the car, driving around to the supermarket or to school with my mum. And it's so happy. But it's one of those things, you know, when you rediscover an album as an adult that you kind of ingested without thinking about when you were seven or eight. Yeah. And the depth of the the lyrical depth of that album is blinding. It's the same with Janelle's stuff. And I think so much pop music, when it's got a good tune and a beautiful voice, you don't always listen to the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. When you really sit down and listen to the lyrics, yeah. they are poetry. And they, they really are. are. And they're Lauren Hill. Oh, what a Lauren Hill. She's Your yeah. mum had like her finger properly on the pulse yeah, right? for music as well, considering she only listened to it in the car. Like Prince, Michael Jackson, Lauren Hill, those were all coming out at that time, right? It's not like she but, was listening yeah. to music that she grew up with. Yeah. No, they were also really obsessed with like, so the, where they met was Britpop. So they both, not where they met, as in The crossover, yeah. crossover between my parents was like pulp, catatonia, blur. <laughs> they were very, I've got hipster parents. You have, haven't you? And they like, got great taste in music. Yeah. On. Yeah, it was a lot to move away from. <laughs> it's not really right I became a musician. I was about to say, so how like, do you rebel is- against that? <laughs> Yeah, I'm still figuring out how to rebel. Well, I rebelled by not being a musician straight away. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Going to Oxford and doing yeah, <laughs> studying I Russian. That, that was my rebellion. They were like, Dad, I'm a pop star. And I was like, I'm going to, uh, to Oxford to study Russian and Italian. And he was like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> You're not my daughter. You're dead to me. Oh, you guys, I'm getting a degree. <laughs> Why would you do this to your father? <laughs> Where did we go wrong? Very Topsy turvy. I'm joking. Mum was mum's very pro education, but dad's very pro rock and roll. So it's been a whole it's been a whole journey. Which famously needs no education. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Janelle got the lead every year in her school musical. Did you what's your history I'm of school not musicals? Surprised. Yeah. Did you? Um we uh, I went to a French school, Tom, and <laughs> musicals are a waste of time because you could be doing maths. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they did no. you not do the school's production of Les Mis? There was no <laughs> No, and also you really should you should ask some French people their opinion of the English version of Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> the translation absolute like, gas. Our great three tome novel has been reduced to this, even though the music was written. Um, I yeah, my school was very very academic. Right, there's no there's no um. So French system is we don't have assembly. Yeah, there's no like space for gathering. There's no theatre. It's changed a bit now. But when I was there, I basically got advised to stop doing music so that I would have more time to do languages. Oh no! And I did that because I was quite easily influenced and I like pleasing people. Oh. Um, but yeah, so there was no there were no school plays. I was in one one English teacher who was extraordinary. And like something out of a book, she'd been teaching at the school for like 40 years and she wore jodhpurs and she crimped her hair and she was like something out of an Eden Brighton novel. And she loved performance and would put on, like we'd put plays on in the classroom oh. and she made us do The Importance of Being Earnest. Uh, and that was unusual. <laughs> a mood. No school musicals. 
which is sad. That is sad. That is sad. I'm just thinking, can you imagine being at school with Janelle Monáe, though? Like, oh, I, I love her with a fiery passion, but I think I... I think I would have been very jealous of her. Yeah. yeah, me too. That level of confidence and that level of clarity on what you're, what you're about, yeah. what you're going to do, and like blind charisma and talent. I was yeah. fifteen. I was like, I'm getting all over. The show. Yeah, exactly. And then Janelle Monae's there, like, but that I think she seems to have had this real um, self possession. Just she's just born with it, I think, because yeah. like the reason she missed she missed out on playing Dorothy in The Wiz. Because she um, had to leave the audition early to pick up her mum from work. And that tells you so much about her, I think. And she's still not over it, by the way. She's still really bitter about not getting to play Dorothy. (laughs) As you would be, because she's from Kansas City, Kansas. And she didn't get to to play Dorothy Gale. I think there's something... I mean, there is something really interesting about class and and race. And I'm going deep, guys. Yeah, no, no, please do. Go off. But I think I've been having a lot of these conversations recently that, you know, there's this this phrase or this expression that gets used a lot, which is about how the space for the only space where black excellence has ever really been sanctioned publicly. The two spaces are sports and entertainment. Mm. So as a poor black person, the only rich black people that you can see are pop stars or playing sports. So obviously you're quite quickly you're like, well, I don't want to be poor and a janitor what and I'm not saying that's the artistic drive that uh that black creatives have but I think it does require a level of drive and a focus because you're kind of aiming up at the top from down at the bottom and I think yeah Janelle is I remember reading an interview with her talking about the fact that she always wore black and white as a kind of homage to her parents yeah because they came from proper working class jobs yeah and that really I don't want to say resonate. Well, it did kind of resonate with me. And I think honouring that story about the whiz, like yeah. honouring where you're from, holding the space from that, whilst also trying to hold the space that you're going towards is yes. a really complicated dance it's, that yeah. she embodies and has done really graciously and gracefully. It's so true. Such a fucking good way of putting it it's as well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I read that interview as well. And it's um, it's amazing. It's The area she's from is called, I, th- I think I'm pronouncing it right, Quindaro or Kindaro in Kansas City, Kansas and there's there's a there's two Kansas cities there's one in Missouri as well which I didn't realize um and And neither did Donald Trump neither did Donald Trump no um and uh Janelle's Kindaro was formed by indigenous Americans and abolitionists and it was a stop it was it was involved in the um the underground railroad and stuff so it's a really interesting important place and yeah she was saying that that like that's where I'm from and I'm from a working class background and um, she said that people, people like my mom who had to leave school early because she was pregnant with me. She was a custodial worker. My dad was in prison and the first job, the only job he could get was being a trash man. She, and she's like, that's why I wear a uniform to pay homage to the working classes, which is just yeah, and I think, incredible. Yeah, and I think it's, it's particularly incredible because what happens in our society and maybe it's human or maybe it's a construct is like when you... It's very rare to acknowledge your humble beginnings and to incorporate them into your identity when yeah. you get higher up the ladder. And we're all sold this idea that we should get higher up the ladder. Yeah. And that we should like, you know, I'm definitely part parents and my parents are posher than their parents. And the idea is like, keep climbing. Social mobility is the way. Yeah. 
but then you get sucked into these new spaces and actually the spaces that you came from a you have like a real knowledge of that that should be incorporated into the wider social conversation so the fact that Janelle is still able to speak to that part of herself yeah. publicly is because it's so cool and so brave and I'm really not criticizing other people but I think you look at other perhaps more manufactured pop stars yeah who who might come from that but I'm thinking like Justin Bieber came from a dirt poor background yeah, or yeah. like um, and you think your branding has abandoned that. Like, yes. in order to be a pop star, I'm buying you as a pop star, and I'm like pretending that you were never in a trailer when you were 15. Yeah. But actually, it's way more interesting that you were in a trailer and you're a pop star, and it's like a more cohesive picture. So I think she's, I just, I think that's very, very cool on her part. In yeah. the same way that she doesn't allow. It's the same with her sexuality, and. I think she doesn't allow her identities to be separated yeah. or compartmentalized. And she kind of sits with like, I miss and I miss and I miss and yeah. I miss. And they're not contradictory. I think that's really special. Yeah, I agree. That's my Janelle <laughs> eul- eulogy. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I just, I just love her. I just love her. The Janelle thesis. Yeah. My Janelle thesis. Maybe I should go back to school and write a thesis on Janelle Monet. Oh, I'd read it. I would too. A hundred percent after that. After graduating high school, she got a place at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy to study musical theatre. Other alumni include Jason Derulo. Milk! <laughs> I love Jason Derulo. <laughs> did you guys see the Cats movie? Why, yes, we did. <laughs> was it not the greatest cinematic experience of your life? Of my life. It was It was a very um, important cinematic experience. The best bit in the whole film is when Jason Derulo is in the middle of his song and he's in the milk bar and he goes, no, 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 no more milk. And then runs out of the milk bar, gets one, two feet away from the milk bar and then just goes, Milk! And then runs back into the milk bar. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. Basically, like Samuel Beckett, I think. Oh Cats. yes, yes, it is very Beckettian. What is that? Um, Jason Derulo, I could also talk about for an hour. The favorite, my favorite thing about Jason Derulo around the Cats movies was all the interviews that he gave about his performance in the Cats movies. That I recommend you and all of your listeners look up because he had a lot to say about the creative process oh and why God. he picked that project over other projects that had been offered to him. Oh, oh my um, God. And his affinity with, what's he called? Rumpel, what's it? Oh, he's... Um, Rumpel Tugger. Rumpel Tugger. Oh, Darula. Next week's Little Diva Energy. We are going so... through those interviews. Yes. Yeah. It was so sexual. It was hard. <laughs> so frighteningly sexual. It was hard to He's so cheery and so good for dancing. And also, I am going to say, in Jason's defense, he obviously works really fucking hard. Oh, yeah. He's just, he just sometimes says things where you're like, oh, Jason Derulo. <laughs> oh, Jason Derulo. <laughs> a, first, yeah, a whole namer as well, Jason Derulo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always call him Jason Derulo. He's never Jason. Jason. Yeah. No, no, or Derulo. He's just Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. <laughs> good <laughs> anyway, Lord. Anyway, Manet, also a full name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, although her second name, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Janelle wrote a musical about photosynthesis in high school, inspired by Stevie Wonder's album Journey to <laughs> oh, the Secret Life so of much. Plants. Isn't she mad? Her tone is quite, like her tone in her music is quite empty, isn't it? She she has a sort of quite light uh, mezzo voice, and 
a sort of um, inherent theatricality to her music. So it's, it's quite interesting to think about her as having musical theatre roots. Yeah. While Janelle was training, she was sharing not only a room, but a bed with one of her cousins. And she was working while she was training. And she basically, I think, it, she wasn't having the experience she wanted from college. So she went to Atlanta. And cool. as Atlanta's famous son's outcast said, as they accepted their award for New Artist of the Year at 1995 Source Awards, the South got something to say. And Janelle found herself in... Atlanta and you were just mentioning Atlanta which is amazing I've been to Atlanta yeah. I spent two weeks there because they did a show they, the Ballad of Cluke and Burnett was on in a lovely little theatre called the Horizon Theatre amazing um, and they flew me out there I felt really bougie I, I think it's the only time I've ever been flown anywhere <sighs> um I had two this is not the point but so I flew with them um, Delta Airlines I don't know if I'm allowed to mention these things but they have these little cakes and I got uh, basically one of the stewardesses took a shine to me and I had two slices of the cake when everyone else had one ah. and that's my defining Atlanta story and there was also a woman next to me who was such a nervous flyer that she got asked to stop drinking because she requested so many vodka tonics but yeah it's really I think it's interesting it's interesting you know what you're saying about Janelle is also like finding your tribe right? yeah yes. you yeah. all kind of you think vaguely oh I think because I, I started off apart from my strange detour doing Russian and Italian at Oxford <laughs> <laughs> but even then I was like writing songs yeah. and I was singing and I was in the choir and that kind of clarified for me I was like I want to I want to make music I want to go to London and I want to gig yeah and I want to be um a Leanne the Havas so that didn't work out so well um but then I got here and I met a playwright and then he introduced me to some musicians and some actors and then and then I really unexpectedly wound up in rehearsal rooms for theatre shows and then in bands and then writing the music and then in the shows and yeah it's all been very circuitous and I think of it now I feel like I'm really lucky and grateful that I found the people that I wanted to make music yeah. with and the people that I wanted to make theatre with but it, it does involve a lot of like maybe here and then you're there and you're like oh no no this feels good but it feels a bit weird but I really get on with that person yes. and I'd like to see that person again and then you're like oh well now they're doing this thing and then someone calls you up and they're like I saw you in this workshop in 2011 and I'm doing this thing can you come in and then you go to the thing and you're like oh this person's really cool and like that that journey of of looking for where you can be your best creative self yeah is is a complex one so I'm not surprised that she I'm also not at all surprised that she did musical theatre because because I think a lot well so the thing that really got me into Janelle is this is the last thing I'll say is um Electric Lady which came out in 2013 and it's a concept album yeah and I'm like people don't make concept albums yeah like, the only concept albums I can think about are like Andrew Lloyd Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar yeah but like pop stars don't make concept albums who is this woman and I think that's so born out of musical theatre and yeah. the idea that there be like an overarching yeah a narrative, narrative. Yeah, stuff. definitely. I like it so much. Oh, she's such a great artist. And like, I just think that's so interesting what you were saying about finding your collaborators because we're so used to the kind of like linear star is born narrative, aren't we, of how people become successful. And I think 
hers is an interesting example of like unearthing collaborators going to New York thinking okay I'll, I'll do the MT thing and then going mm, nope don't like it going to Atlanta and then I mean by chance the people she ends up collaborating with are outcast and then <laughs> you know they, they introduce her to Puff Daddy uh, but like she she's finding her tribe well you say by chance as yeah. well but it's like a location in a community as yeah. well isn't it like to put to put the importance of Atlanta's music scene into perspective, uh, in 2020 alone, 20 plus artists with ties to Georgia and Atlanta were nominated for Grammys. Yeah. And they brought him five awards in 2020 alone. Yeah. And we're, what, halfway in? Yeah. Which is... It's, just, it's a real kind hub. of like how, you know, every non... I mean, how there's this congregation in the theatre scene. I mean, now theatre's died, I think, but it used to exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it. <laughs> In London, you know, and you a lot of people coming down here, and you're not quite sure what you're going to do, yeah, or how you're going to do it, or who you're going to meet. But you know that you need to be in London yeah. because yeah. you don't need to be in London. You can absolutely make regional theatre and good regional theatre. And I hate the term regional theatre. You can make good theatre anywhere you are. Yes, but I think there is this thing specifically at the beginning of your career. You want to be around. Yeah. people doing the same thing as you and you yeah. want to see the other things that are going on and you want to learn from them before you go off and do your own thing so and Atlanta was yeah like I said the two people who were in my who were in the band of my show were just fucking extraordinary musicians amazing and it, yeah it's it's very cool I ate a lot of um talking a lot about food I ate a lot of because <laughs> I haven't had lunch I had a lot of chicken and waffles. Oh, yes. The thing there. So good. So So Janelle got herself a job at the Office Depot and started busking around Atlanta. Uh, She got fired because she used a company computer to respond to an email from a fan, which inspired the song Let and Go. She got fully immersed in the scene, touring the college circuit where she met her future partners in the label she would form, Wonderland Arts Society. Uh, And then she self-financed the audition and then released and distributed it herself in a run of just a few hundred copies. But it's obviously going to get much bigger. However, that is where we'll leave it for this week. (gasps) Amazing. So, oh God, isn't she brilliant? (laughs) She's just the fucking tits. We've only just got to her actual career and I am obsessed with her. (laughs) She's just such a... um... It's nice as well when people have done lots of things and then you can you can track back chronologically through all the things that they've done and you're like, then she did this, then she did this, then she did this. And you're like, I know where this is going and it's fucking cool because yeah. then she explodes everywhere. Yes. But look at how much work she put into it. Yeah, exactly. And it's so it, it's such an, she's such an inspire, inspiration. I just, oh, obsessed with her. And I'm obsessed with you, quite these- frankly. Yeah. Oh, don't be obsessed. Uh, don't be obsessed with me. No, but I am, uh, so. Too late. Too late. <laughs> it's the way it is. I'm obsessed with you two and your fans that I've been trying not to comment on as you yourself when I ask you questions. That's so extra. I really feel like you need to take a screenshot and share it with the We will. We will, don't worry. (laughs) So um have we got this is plugs and hugs, darling. Have you got anything to plug? Are you doing any upcoming um gigs on Insta and stuff? No, I have nothing to plug, but if you like me, um I have my album yes. is um, you can either stream it across all of the things it's called Dark Soul or you can buy it which obviously I would prefer um, <laughs> you can buy physical copies if you go if you just t- look up Music Glue and Anushka Lucas it should come up um, and otherwise just like follow me on Instagram and I'll probably do a cover of a Disney song quite soon oh yes, yes. please oh so wonderful uh, to talk to you and I can't wait it's be- been really joyful oh. I really really enjoyed it I'm enjoying it so much 
god! Well, we're going to get a whole. We're going to do it all again. We're going to do it all over again. Um, so we hope you enjoyed this episode of Big Diva Energy if you did and you want to reach out and have a chat share your Big Diva Energy stories with us maybe even your own Janelle related stories or just tell us which diva means the most to you you can tweet us at Diva Energy find us on Instagram at Big Diva Energy or Facebook at Big Diva Energy Pod or email us at Big Diva Energy Pod at gmail.com This podcast is a Dark Mutters production if you liked the way we made you feel then don't forget to like and subscribe if you think we're androids who should be stripped for parts then get Get in in the the sea. sea Bye. Okay, bye everyone! Bye! <laughs> <laughs>